Funniest People I Know podcast and radio show. I'm George Coloris, and with me today are my very funny friends, Alexandria Sweat. What's up, Alex? Oh, not much. Just glad to be here. Hello, hello. Hello. And Abigail Williams. What's up, Abigail? Hey, George. How's it going? I'm good. I'm good, Abigail. And TJ Jackson. How you doing, TJ? Welcome back. Hey, yeah. It's good to be back and see everyone. Oh, my gosh. And I have missed this guest that's on today's episode so much but we have been in constant contact via instagram memes for a while constant (laughs) joining us today as a special guest is our very dear friend the very funny actress sarah breezy how are you sarah hi everybody i'm good full disclosure i'm in a car in north georgia and no one's wearing masks and i'm scared keep the windows closed (laughs) sarah before we get in too deep clear something up for us how do you pronounce your last name it's Brizzy. <laughs> no one pronounces it right. Yeah. Let me tell you, everyone in this community has said Sarah's last name differently oh, to absolutely. me. And I have been so scared to say her last name out loud for the entire time I've known her. George so confidently said Breezy. So I was like, is that it? <laughs> I'm not anti-Breezy. And my sister used to make fun of me because I was always trying to make Breezy my nickname and I couldn't get it to happen. Are you serious? Yeah, that is bizarre. <laughs> I've heard Breezy, Breezy, Breast. A creepy guy in high school used to sit behind me and go, Breasty, Breasty, Breasty. <gasps> Get out of here. Sarah and I first met. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so TJ, that a, makes so much sense to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, TJ, that was TJ, y'all. He whispered it in my ear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've grown up so much since then. <laughs> We have. We really have since middle school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sarah, what's the funniest thing that happened to you this week? Oh, clear winner just popped into my head. I am pregnant for those what, what? people. Wow. wow. Would you like to see my belly? That's yes. my belly. America, yeah. it's a beautiful belly. It's Let me belly. describe it for you. It's full of a baby. It is gorgeous. <laughs> My husband had made us a little charcuterie plate and I was making pasta for lunch. And just prior to this, like a couple hours before we'd had a pest control person come in because we'd have some roach issues. There was bait in one of the shelves and he had scratched it off. It fell on the counter. Two hours later, I'm making my lunch and while I'm making the lunch, not paying attention, I noticed there's extra charcuterie on the counter. And I was like, mmm, charcuterie. So I put it in my mouth and then I immediately realized mm. it's roach poison. No. I, a grown 36-year-old woman, had accidentally put roach poison in my mouth. <laughs> oh my a God. pregnant, grown 36-year-old woman. So I immediately oh, spit it out and start rinsing my mouth out. And I go in full-on panic mode. I'm freaking out. I start crying. I run to the bathroom. I'm forcing myself to throw up. I look in the mirror and my eyes are all bloodshot. And I'm like, ah. And then I'm running out and I'm like, God, we have to go to the ER right now. And he's like, what? I don't understand. 
I'm trying to scream all these different things that happen. He's not understanding. I call my mom and I call poison control and they were all like, no, that's fine. You barely had any. And also you'd have to eat. You maybe licked it. Yeah, you maybe <laughs> licked it. And you have to like, eat like, an entire tube of it to actually like, do anything to you. And I was like, it's not going to harm the fetus. And they were like, you're completely fine. So yeah, so I had a full on dramatic meltdown in the middle of the day because I accidentally ate roach poison. <laughs> I'm glad you're okay. Let me ask you this, Sarah. What did it taste like? It did not taste good. I realized afterwards, it's like when you accidentally get bug spray in your mouth. Oh, yeah. Oh. I don't know if I know that taste. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was uncool of them to disguise poison as charcuterie. That's not necessary. What kind of high-end roaches do you have in your house, Sarah? <laughs> These <laughs> elegant roaches like, oh, oh, charcuterie, <laughs> I am fancy, coming for you. Yes, a good bougie roach. Yes. <laughs> I don't care about that hot dog crap they got out there with the charcuterie. They're like French Parisian snobs. <laughs> TJ reached out to me this week and he had something pretty ridiculous and embarrassing happen to him. And it somehow involved me. So TJ, you want to tell everybody what happened this week? I got a text from George. Hey, want to get coffee? this Wednesday sometime. And I was like, yeah, sure. I've never been asked out for coffee by George. So I was excited and also wondering what it was about. It was just random out of the blue. Maybe a little nervous. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so the week progressed on and then the day of we we're supposed to get coffee. He was like, hey, can we push coffee to tomorrow afternoon? Uh, I was busier than I expected. I'm like, that makes sense. He has his business that he's operating. So I texted back and I was like, yeah, sure. No problem. And then the next day, George was like, hey, want to get coffee around four? And I was like, yeah, that's cool. Where are you thinking? He was like, uh, Starbucks at this hospital between us. And I'm like, it's not between us, but <laughs> sure, why not? But Starbucks isn't doing dine-in right now. And then he was like, well, anywhere that we can have coffee and there's parking. And I was like, I think Cafe Intermezzo, we can go there. That's where I take all my dates. His elegant cockroach dates. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And I repeat that joke that they only date guys within walking distance. And George replies, ha, huh, okay. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> and then what's up? Can this be a phone call? Or do you just want to come over and get Dunkin' Donuts? It's like it's right across the street. I've done that before with the date. Dunkin' Donuts. I thought you were going to say like drunk. And you're like, Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin Donuts. Yeah. You want to get Dunkin' Donuts? I know you're a married man. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't Dunkin' Donuts. He's with not available, TJ. <laughs> yeah. We were just joking back and forth. He was like, oh, hold on, let me just call you. And I was like, okay, cool. So then I get a phone call and it's, not George's voice. It turns out it's a different George that I met at a bar two weeks before then that I had just not put in his last name. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. This is the oddest conversation from there on. Wait a minute. Just so I'm clear, all this time, you thought that our very own George Kalur's married man Kept trying to get with you for coffee. <laughs> no, not like a date. And then like, you know you just find like out it's another yeah. George. Yeah, I didn't really think much of it. So our George never wanted to get coffee with you. That's sad. No, and I'm kind <laughs> of shaking his head very vigorously. America, <laughs> a little too vigorously. Really sad. Exactly. Maybe. 
I like that this guy's first idea was to get coffee at a hospital. That's just so weird. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah, kind of date is that? Unless he's I don't a know. surgeon or like a doctor. I wish I was a doctor. I was like, yeah, totally. Like, I'd be so down. But anywhere a doctor wants to get coffee, I'm there. TJ, my question for you is, were you excited to have a date or disappointed we weren't having coffee? Both. I want to get coffee with George, but I have a date now. So it was just very bittersweet. How'd the date go? It went all right. Yeah. We went to Duncan and <laughs> it was nice. There was a lady coffee in the corner, so it was just very dangerous <laughs> as well. Are you going to see him again? Um, Maybe. We'll see. I'm rooting for George. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Dating people who have the same name as my friends can be like very confusing now that I think about it. TJ, that is going to be pretty limiting, I think, in your life. Unnecessarily so. (laughs) You can't date another Alex and I know it's not me, Alex. I'm like, I just don't understand. I have a suggestion. Put the last names. Next to your contacts. Well, in that's your just phone. it. I don't know his last name. And but I think you know very... our George's last name. Yeah, I know. I have George's last name in my phone, but you know, I just didn't think anything of it. I just saw George and I forgot that it shows his last name. We have to talk about something that happened last week. The president did the annual presidential pardon of a turkey, which I think is a really stupid <laughs> tradition. It is a dumb. I completely agree. Those turkeys were bred with those giant hormone-induced breasts, and they can't even walk, and then they have to live the rest of their lives. Like, it's both inhumane to kill them and not to. I just think the whole practice is stupid. And they drove them from where? Didn't they drive them from Iowa? They got to sit in a dang car for God only knows how long. When it was on the West Wing, they got to stay in a nice (laughs) hotel room. No, no, they stay in a hotel room. That's hilarious and also really sad. (laughs) Not only is it gross, like they're having people vote on Twitter about which one's going to die, which is super weird. But it's also, to me, mocking the justice system and mocking people who are actually on death row, who actually want to get pardons, who actually are going to get killed by the (laughs) government. I think it's like twisted. This clip from 2018 started going viral. I'm going to play about 30 seconds of it. In this grand tradition, I am pleased to announce that today's lucky bird and guest of honor is named Pease, along with his alternate named Carrots. The children will understand that. The winner of this vote was decided by a fair and open election conducted on the White House website. This was a fair election. Unfortunately, Carrots refused to concede and demanded a recount, and we're still fighting with Carrots. And I will tell you, we've come to a conclusion. Carrots, I'm sorry to tell you, the result did not change. Too bad for carrots. <laughs> Wait, what? Is that, that is real. real? Is that, that is real. real? <laughs> that is so like prophecy at its finest. I love he says, the children will understand. <laughs> Adults don't know peas and carrots. <laughs> I only eat peas or carrots. I don't eat no peas and carrots. I have a conspiracy theory about Donald Trump that I have had since 2016. He never wanted to be the president. I thought he was trying to make a mockery of everything and make a joke. And there have been many instances that have come up where I thought, this is fake. He's an alien. He's trying to destroy the world. And I don't know how he's going to do it, but peas and carrots and this 
weird prophecies about himself throw me right back into the conspiracy. I have a friend who believes that Donald Trump has had something happen to him, like in Back to the Future 2, where a Donald Trump from the future gave him guidance on what to do because he so often says these things that then come true. But my theory is that this isn't real life. Yeah. Moments like this feel like lazy screenwriting to me. (laughs) My theory is this. Either A... This is a simulation like the Matrix and the programmers are f***ing with us. B, we're all part of some crazy person's LSD dream. Or C, we're all characters in a poorly written movie and haven't become aware of ourselves yet. Because this being real life doesn't make any sense. These things just keep happening and this can't be real. There was a time in 2016, I thought he actually wanted Hillary to get elected because he was saying such stupid things. And I was like, oh, he's trying to tank his own thing this must be like he must want this and then somehow he won after being a complete idiot and it was just one of the most shocking twists of my life i have a a theory that it's just a huge publicity stunt gone wrong (laughs) i agree (laughs) i think he wanted to start his own network yeah trump tv right the night when he won looking at his family nobody looks happy they're all like we actually have to do this now A few weeks ago, the 1986 movie Labyrinth came up. This is a movie starring David Bowie and a young Jennifer Connelly. And Abigail, you said this was one of your favorites as a kid, right? That's right. Classic. Sarah, have you seen this movie? I've seen it once, but it's not fresh in my mind. I know there's like weird hands that touch the girl. It's like she falls down something. There's weird hands, right? Definitely some weird hand stuff going on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This movie is a total blind spot for me. I've had friends who loved it. I've lied about seeing it, but in all honesty, I never saw it. Who lies about seeing a labyrinth? (laughs) You tell people you've seen it so you don't have to? Because you know they'll be like, oh my God, we have to watch it. Every time you do one of these, George, I learned something (laughs) about you that affects our friendship. This affects our friendship. I cannot trust you. Hi, my name is George, and sometimes I lie about having seen movies so I don't have to watch them with you. (laughs) A lot of people grew up with this being a movie they'd seen as a kid. You know, it comes out in the 80s. But the first time I ever even heard about this movie was in 2001 when Jennifer Connelly was nominated for an Oscar. And then everybody was like, oh, remember, she broke out in this movie as a kid. I was like, what the hell are you talking about this movie? I've never known of it before. I finally this week sat down to watch this movie, and I know it was a little twisted, so I decided to really lean into it so i had a special gummy candy to really help me enjoy it the first thing i have to say is this is a really movie it is so stupid i can't believe it's a thing i didn't get it for people who haven't seen it the basic premise is a young jennifer conley is a preteen who's a total bitch when her parents ask her to babysit her little brother for them to go out for the night And so in turn, she makes a wish for the baby to be kidnapped by the Goblin King and then goes through a quest in a maze filled with Muppets to find the baby. Yeah, that's fair so far. The movie's beginning is so strange. I was confused and we weren't even 10 minutes in. It opens with young Jennifer Connelly talking to an owl about stealing a baby. And then she randomly loses a teddy bear and finds it on the floor of the nursery and goes off on this infant. 
it's too tiny. There's no way the baby went into your room and took your teddy bear and she's going off on him like a crazy person. That part has always weirded me out. So she's like, I hate you. I wish the (laughs) goblins would take you away. And I'm like, I hate you, young Jennifer Connelly. And I wish the goblins would take you away. Mm, Yeah, I got to agree with you there. George, how old did you say Jennifer Connelly's character is supposed to be? 13, 14. That's too old to be melting down on a baby. Mm -hmm. Girl, go sneak out the house. Like you're 13, be a teen. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Just don't yell at babies. She looks into the mirror and says these magic words. I wish the Goblin King would take the baby away. And then David Bowie suddenly appears and he's <laughs> glam and there's glitter and his hair looks like how I imagine <laughs> Tina Turner's hair must have looked like six months into COVID without a stylist. She instantly recognizes yeah. him though. Oh, David Bowie, you're the Goblin King. How? And how is he the ruler of the goblins when he himself is not a goblin? I think it's a little effed up to rule like a whole nother species. Thank you. David Bowie tells her she has 13 hours to find the baby in the castle and then gives her a gift of a crystal ball, which turns into a snake and then a scarf and then a goblin. What? Yeah, that is a (laughs) gift. (laughs) At this point, I decided I had to eat a second gummy. I need a gummy just to listen to the description. (laughs) Cut to, she's in some orange field in front of a maze and she's trying to get into the labyrinth. And the first thing she encounters is some gross looking Muppet (laughs) pissing in public. That part always did weird me out. Why is he urinating? (laughs) Whose idea was that when they were at the pitch meeting for this script? I don't know. It really felt like it did not need to be in there, but that's... I'm horrified right now. Oh my God, you should be. I watched it so you don't have to, Sarah. Thank you for your sacrifice. He guides her into the labyrinth and it's awful. It's brown and there's dead branches everywhere, but also everything's covered in glitter. It's magical. It's so magical. But it kind of looks like if there had been a gay circuit party in the remnants of a forest fire. (laughs) Never turn out well. Then we cut to a scene where the baby is just in his striped Where's Waldo looking pajamas, kicking it in a room full of Muppet goblins. And then David Bowie is doing nothing. He's just prancing around being David Bowie. And he's got these really high-waisted pants that make his torso look really small. And then his package is just, like, bouncing. Yeah, that's weird. It's very in-your-face. Is this supposed to be a kid's movie? I think the jury's always been out on that, Sarah. (laughs) Because it doesn't sound like a kid's movie. (laughs) Yeah. I don't even know what that was going on. They sing a song, which I would be fine never hearing again. I saw my baby crying And then young Jennifer Connelly falls into the pit of hands that you remembered, Sarah. The hands started making faces and they were talking through the faces the hands were making. And that's about when the gummies really kicked in. 
This sounds like my first rave, to be quite honest. <laughs> right? So then David Bowie sent a crystal ball to attack her, and it turned into a giant drill that chased her. And I didn't know what was going on, and I was like, I have to take a break. So I stopped the movie, and I put on an episode of The Office. Wow. Then I put the labyrinth back on, and she meets this big, gentle giant named Ludo. Then there was this weird musical number, and I fell asleep. I woke up, and Jennifer Connelly was eating a peach with a worm in it that made her hallucinate that she had gone to a masquerade ball. She found her teddy bear, ended up in a junkyard, and then in her house, but not her house, I just don't remember this movie being so horrifying. It's so weird. Like now that you say it like this, I'm rethinking my love for its vibe. (laughs) She gets to the castle and there's a big battle scene with the Muppets and David Bowie chases her through an MC Escher painting and he finally (laughs) catches her and it's a climactic moment. And she goes, you have no power over me. And then it's over cut to she's home and the baby's in the crib and everything is okay. And the movie's almost over and she looks in her mirror and sees the Muppets. And then she looks back to her bed and the Muppets aren't there. And she looks back in the mirror and she talks to the Muppets and she looks back to her bed and their Muppets are all in her bedroom and they have a big party. And then we fade to credits. Perfect movie. (laughs) I don't (laughs) know what happened. So many questions. Name one. Why was she so grumpy? (laughs) She's a teenager. Teenagers are all grumpy and angsty. They hate everyone. It's a definite skip it. I know I'm going to get some hate mail or I'm going to get dragged on Twitter. Deal with it. This movie is effed up. Wow. I got your back, George. (laughs) There are movies that I feel like are white famous and black famous. And Labyrinth is definitely one of those white famous movies. Like Princess (laughs) Bride. I had never heard of them until I went to college. I watched Princess Bride, but I've always been like, maybe I should try to find Labyrinth and watch it. It sounds like some sort of weird-ass acid trip, and I don't want to go on it. Mm -mm. Dude, I was wondering if I had eaten mushrooms. It was so messed up. Well, you may have after all those gummies, George. How would you know? (laughs) I think when you rip away the nostalgia, you're left with an acid trip. I want to turn to our guest, Sarah, You are one of my favorite comedic improv actors. You've been cracking me up on stage longer than I've known you. We had talked to you a while ago about leading us in the first Funniest People I Know radio improv show. Yay! You gathered some very funny improv actors, and you guys had a little Zoom improv session. Yes, we did. We modeled it after Improv for Humans, kind of. That's another improvised radio show. Do you want to explain what you did, how you solicited the questions? What y'all are going to hear is improv with some of my favorite people. I asked the cast members to submit a couple of sentences about their best memory of Christmas or their weirdest memory. And we did scenes based off that. Who are the actors in the improv radio show, Sarah? We've got me, Abigail, and then Courtney Overcast, Freddie Boyd, and Bonita Ellery. Okay, awesome. We'll play it now. I'm going to read a memory, and then we're going to improvise. The question was, what is your weirdest holiday memory? 
And this person responded, the year I asked my mommy for a cardigan sweater and she got me 20 cardigans in every color, pattern, and material you could think of, but not the one I wanted. I was so angry, exclamation point. We open up on Suburban House. The tree is trimmed with care. It is Christmas morning. There's a multitude of presents and the gift unwrapping has begun. Oh my gosh, mommy, mommy, mommy. I can't believe it. There are at least 30 gifts here. Mommy, oh my God, there's so many. I don't know which one to open first. These presents are are for your brother, actually. It's kind of a special thing. So why don't you start with that box on your left? The one oh, with the, the big Christmas trees. With the, the big oh, one. you know, trees are my favorite, mommy. Mommy. Uh, mommy, Go ahead. I love trees too. Cynthia, you can watch me open it. Okay. It'll be like it's both of our gifts, but I get to keep it and play with it. Exactly. We're trying to teach you how to be humble and enjoy other people's Christmas. So go ahead and open it up. Oh, mommy, a brand new remote control car. That's but right. It's a 78 Camaro. It's not a 1980. What the f*** is this, mommy? Mommy, what the f***? Mommy, you know that I love the 78 Camaro. Mommy. No, this is trash. I'm going to break it. Jim? Jim, get in here, Jim. What is it now, Beatrice? I'm trying to watch the game. Jim, Jim Mommy yeah. gave me a 78 Camaro. Hey, and she knows hey, I don't... hey, hey. We don't talk like that on Jesus' day. I talk like that every day. And this is because he hangs out with you, Jim. Jim, you're a bad influence. Yeah, I called you by your first name. Mommy and Jim, I want real for Christmas. Okay, well, we I want to... more beer, and I can't have any. We cut to Jim taking Freddy's to uh, liquor stores. Now, son, take this. Now, don't tell your mama. Now, you take this. And drink it. Drink it. It's going to put hair on your chest. Drink it. Nope. Drink it. Nope. Drink it. Drink it. Drink it. Drink it. Drink it. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. I love you, boy. Jim, I feel sick. Hold it in. Hold your breath. Hold your breath, boy. Now, look at my eyes. Look at my eyes. Okay. I love you, boy. You hear me? I love you, too. Yeah. Cut to the boys at school just right after this moment. Hey, Clara, can I talk to you for a second? Yeah, what's up? I, uh, um... Wait, are you drunk at school? Hell, yeah. Remember when you said I wasn't cool enough to hang out with you guys? Yeah, I feel that way. No, I, I'm I'm toasted. Drinking for losers. What? Hugs not drunk. I say no to crack. Crack is whack. It's just alcohol. It's legal. I mean, not for me, but... Why would you think I want you to drink? I'm head of the academic decathlon team. I don't know. I've, I've seen a lot of TV shows and movies. I kind of thought this would be I'm my... president of the anti-drinking club. I guess I should have read context clues. <laughs> I just wanted you to accept me. My home life is, is, is bad, and it's mostly self-inflicted, but... I feel like you should be talking to your father right now. No. Clara, what kind of card does that loser have in his hand? I don't know, but it's not the 1980 Camaro. That's for damn sure. <laughs> what a loser. Whoa. I hate middle school. 
<laughs> One of the beauties of doing it in audio and recording it is that usually improv is fleeting. It's a funny thing that happens and you never see it again. So at least we can enjoy it and revisit it. That's some really fun game there. Normally, I hate listening to myself or watching myself, but I enjoyed re-listening to this. It was actually really fun. Well, awesome. Thank you so much, Sarah, for doing that. We'll definitely have to do that again. Thank you guys for having me. Okay, well, this has been another episode of Funniest People. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh-uh, no. I have a bone to pick with you, George. This has not been just another episode of The Funniest People You Know. <laughs> you haven't sang oh. on this show for weeks. Every week, America and the global community, I asked George, when are you going to come back on here and sing a song? Because you said you were going to do that. And he's oh, like, no. oh, yeah, we'll get it next time. Well, today's the next time, George. You owe me a lesson. What is it going to be? I've been doing my yes breathing. No? And wait, I think I can do the lip drill. Trill? Oh, I'm going to okay, try. I'm going to try, right? <laughs> That's better That's than awesome. it was, right? That is a big improvement. I'm See, impressed. Wouldn't have taken much to be better than last time, and you have impressed us. Did not disappoint. <laughs> but today, I want you <laughs> to sing us a song. Oh, that's a huge job. I thought we should sing a classic song for America called Don't Stop Believing." Oh my, that's like a big song. Yeah, well, you're just a great person that I believe in, <laughs> and I know you can do it. Yes. George, have you ever seen The King's Speech? Great movie. It's a beautiful British movie. And one of the exercises that the vocal coach in this movie has the Duke of England do is he puts some headphones on him and then has him speak some Shakespeare out. And this Duke, who previously had a speech impediment, who thinks he cannot talk without stuttering, all of a sudden is just eloquently speaking. And in the same vein of that technique, I want you to just put on some headphones blasting don't stop believing and i want you to just give it the business i want you to give it your best with all the gusto you have crank it up george i want you to hear this i want you to feel the music i I think this is going to be really terrible so did the duke and how wrong was he so wrong okay george is listening to the intro america he can't hear us this is great we could roast him so hard right now just a small town girl Yes. She took the midnight train going anywhere. <laughs> so great. Just a city boy. Yeah. Born and raised in South Detroit. Yes. Beautiful. Took the midnight train going anywhere. I hope you're all doing your own air guitar, America. Oh, is that where this comes in? Yes. Oh. The smell of wine and cheap perfume. For a smile they can share the night. It goes on and on and on and on. Strangers waiting. Up and down, down the boulevard, street lights, people living just to find emotion, hiding somewhere in the night. Yes. Yes. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, you can stop. This kid, you can cut. That was beautiful. I thought this song had more backup vocals. George. Like, it sounds like, mm. <laughs> that was everything I ever dreamed it could be. It was amazing. I am dreading listening back to this. I am so excited about this. So <laughs> excited. We could have gone on, but we hadn't warmed up enough for that kind of vocal stretching. And I want to save your vocal cords for your first live performance. Oh, 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 oh. God, <laughs> I did not know that was going to go there. <laughs> George, you exceeded my hopes and dreams. I am proud. You sang on pitch most of the time. I'm pleased. Good night. <laughs> hey. Thank you. Hey. Wait, do I get a grade? How Do I get a grade for that? I'm going to give that a solid A for effort. I'm going to give it a B plus because you gave it a lot of gusto mm-hmm. and you were mostly on pitch. <laughs> and I'm going to give you a 100%, no, 110%. We're just jumping in on the fly and making it happen. You're well, my hero. That, that's Beautiful. a much higher score than I would have given. So thank you. You're welcome. All right. Can we end it now? Unless you <laughs> want to sing another song. Would you like to sing a David Bowie song? Perhaps the song from that show, the Muppet one you so loved. Oh, no, I strained my vocals too much. Yeah, I that's can't. unfortunate. Okay, well, then I guess we'll end it here. All right. This has been another episode of The Funniest People I Know. Thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. We record for the Georgia Radio Reading Service. Thank you to our amazing producer, Jane Boyton, who edits the show. If you enjoy the show, please like, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. We're trying to spread the word. We're available on every service, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Podcasts. You can email us at funniestpeopleiknow at gmail.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at funniestpeopleiknow. Have a hilarious week. Bye. Bye. Bye.